yes, folks, it's time for another episode of Model Railroad Talk. We have actually hit episode 21, so that's exciting. Um, last episode, we hit 20, which is more of a mile mark, milestone, whatever. But, you know, hey, um, I every for me, every episode is a, a milestone. So um, you may have noticed that the intro sound is different. Yes, it is. The availability of that previous episode or uh, intro sound is no longer available. I did not know that until I just sat down to record this. I went through every sound and nope. Um, so I'm going to have to uh, figure something out because I don't really like any of the ones that they have, but I'm ready to record this now. So in this episode, we are, we're just going to kind of BS a little bit about model railroading um in general and give you some updates on my railroad uh the iowa eastern railroad um we also have a product review that we are going to do as well so stick around and uh we will get the show on the tracks And yes, folks, it is I, your host, the bandit. Um, yeah, so you know, reach out to me. I, I, I really don't like that intro. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed in. It, I won't lie to you. It's an app that I'd found on, um, at the beginning. You know, the first how many, what three, four episodes I had music in the beginning, and then or for the intro and. I didn't really like that. And then I found, happened to find this app and it had, I found that perfect, well, at least for me, perfect sound and been using it ever since I go on to this episode, literally 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, I go through and check, you know, my sounds and everything and, you know, make sure everything's set up for you guys as best as I can. And, uh, yeah, I hit it. And then I'm like, that isn't, I, I didn't have my headset on, but I had it turned up enough. I kind of hear it. I'm like, I don't hear the train horn. And so I put the headset on and restarted. I'm like, uh, I went through every single one. They changed it up. So I'm a little disappointed in the app that I had. Thank goodness it is uh, a free app. So I'll just have to find a different one. But until I find a different one that I feel is worthy of you, my favorite listeners, we're just going to have to settle for that one. So like we said in this episode or in the intro, this episode, I don't really have a specific um, uh, subject or subjects other than I do have a review um, and full disclosure. So you're aware you are listening to this podcast when you're listening to this or at the time it was recorded, um, you were live listening to this, if that makes sense. Maybe not. I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> Uh, we are doing live. We do it for our premium members. Um, if you're interested, uh, you can either uh, click at the bottom of this episode on Spotify or any of uh, the, I should say, any of the uh, platforms you're listening to in the description. It, it'll give you a link you can check out uh, through Spotify to support us. Or you can go on to Patreon. Go over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk. Um, that's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash model railroad talk. Um, we have a couple different support levels. Um, both come with a free seven day trial. 
um and you know it gives you that benefit you get uh only patreon uh uh premium supporter videos there um we're trying to build that up as we build our youtube and all that up um you know and you you get the episodes pretty much within a few hours after we record it most of the time unless we run into technical difficulties you guys are getting it within an hour or two roughly after we record this so plus you get access to our uh, private Facebook page. I'm waving to our private Facebook page. Um, you get access to that to where while I'm recording this, you get to watch it and listen to it and you get to see me being stupid while I record this stuff that you don't see. So it's kind of behind the scenes as well. So, um, but yeah, check it out. Um, if you'd like to become a premium supporter, check us out on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, uh, O-N, that is, sorry, dot com forward slash model railroad talk. Um, you can click, uh, go to the description below. You can do it through Spotify. Um, but check out our YouTube page as well. Um, we're trying to hit, uh, enough, uh, subscribers over there. We can start actually going live there and check out our TikTok page. We're getting awfully close there to hitting a thousand followers there. And we'd be able to go live there and do more stuff there too. All this just for you guys. So. I'm looking at my list of show ideas. Um, oh, and if I didn't mention it, we are doing a uh, product review. Um, now this particular product I purchased with my own funds for my own railroad, but I got it. Um, it's the Model Railroad Model Railroaders Handbook by uh, Model Railroader. It's published by Kalmbach. We will be going through that. Um, I am very pleasantly surprised with this book. So. We will uh, touch on that at the end as we normally do. So I think this is just going to be a mix up um, of, I don't know, you know, stuff here, because I know we've been kind of, we started at this podcast with it being, um, you know, kind of, if you're getting back into the hobby and that kind of thing, which I won't lie, that's where I was. Um, that's kind of what actually started this uh, whole ordeal. Uh, me getting back into the hobby and I just you know I wanted to do more I wanted to reach out more and try to I don't know get the word out about model railroading because as I was looking into getting back into it granted we have the internet we have social media places such as TikTok YouTube Facebook so on and so forth that we can virtual be a virtual model railroader. And then, but what I kind of started noticing when I was getting back into it, and I don't want to say I was, uh, I was doing my research basically. Um, I knew I wanted to get back into it, but, um, you know, let's, let's, where's the, what is the status of model railroading? And granted, I'm not saying it has gone down. Um, uh, model railroading is still, um, a good, very, very big hobby. It doesn't matter what scale, if you're Z scale all the way up to like, uh, Eric, our listener, uh, that does one inch scale or even bigger, um, model railroading is model railroading. And there's a lot of us. I just think that like a majority of the things out there anymore with social media, the internet, so on and so forth, and us having access to that information at our fingertips has kind of took the fellowship the i should say the one-on-one -on -one 
fellowship out of the hobby some and and you know obviously turned it virtual um now i know back in 2020 whenever when a lot of people were quarantined and all that baloney i'm just gonna say that um you know we we're past that now and i understand that scared some people and 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 some people i do understand you know if you have health or health problems or if you're an elder person i understand but we're past that and i feel that uh that even kind of took its toll on the hobby because i've been kind of looking it's this hobby's been popping in and on my head and i've been looking into it for the last couple years anyways but that's why uh, a few episodes ago we started talking about you know let's start a model railroad revolution and what that basically is is it's real simple i don't care if you're brand new in the hobby i don't even care if you're you're modeling you just you're you, I, if, if you're an armchair modeler you can you can join this model railroad revolution as well which is just making a making a, a an attempt once a week once every two weeks whatever your schedule availability your comfortability let's put it that way is to go out and talk to one person uh, it doesn't matter if it's the same person or other people but talk to them even just in the smallest way uh about model railroading and let's try to get the talk up more about model railroading and open the conversation up open the hobby up the way it used to be years ago everything it seems like it's more of a closed society almost in in a way and and compared to what it used to be 10 15 years ago or more and it's just that's not what this hobby is about so anyways i'll get off my pedestal for you folks um so anyways talking about like you know in the beginning we were we were getting back into the hobby and um and i know we kind of talked about this uh in episode 19 with benjamin about uh steam or diesel and you know not yes we talked about what's your what you prefer for locomotives or you may not have a preference you don't care if it's a locomotive you like it you know um but there's a couple things that i know benjamin had brought up and we will have him back on and we'll we can get we'll be able to get his opinion when he's back on but um when you're getting started in the hobby you know um there's a few things that he brought up uh and and i'm just going to touch on them today because i don't want to take his thunder away so these first few uh ideas or things i'm going to talk about are actually all his ideas that he sent us but um for starters um you know when you're setting up do you you know most people and we've 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 established this most people when they get in get introduced to the hobby or even if you didn't get introduced or you you, this is your first train set you're buying most people start out with a train set a bachman uh kato you know one of those train sets where you get the locomotive a minimum one locomotive three or four cars caboose a power pack whether it's or you know whether it's dc or dcc and most of them are a loop of track they may have a siding or they may have um a spur or something on it you know depending on the amount you spend uh and the and the style of the the track plan now when you say you you're at that point you've already purchased that you've already set up it all i don't recommend setting it up on the floor folks because um 
even on hardwood floors, because um, first of all, if you set it up on carpet, all those little carpet, carpet fibers will make their way into your locomotive, into the gears and all that. And it makes for a gummy mess, um, hard to clean out, and it will start affecting how your locomotive a runs how it pulls uh your cars especially if you add more cars and you say add weight to them um plus it the dirt from it will start making your track track dirtier it'll get your track dirtier quicker same with your wheels on your locomotives and your cars and your cars basically they pick up dirt and they spread it so even though the more you run it, it actually helps keep your railroad clean. That has been established and proven uh, time and time again. You still, you're adding excessive or unnecessary um, elements to your railroad. You know what I mean? To your track and stuff. So I recommend at least doing it on like a countertop or not a countertop, but like a, a kitchen table or, you know, a hardwood floor, yes, is better than carpet, but you have to realize there's still dust and dirt down there. And I get there's dust and dirt like in my basement, you know, when I'm building, but it's it's different than on the floor. You, I, I like to think that the floor, the dirt, your floor is less controllable than like, say, my, uh, my bench work because my bench works more at closer to my eye so I can see. But, uh, you know, so anyways, you, you get that track plan, you've got it set up. I don't care how you do it. You know what? It's your railroad. I'm not telling you what to do, but just some tips. Um, you get it set up, you're running your track around. Um, you know what? You decide you want to expand that. Um, what do you do? Um, some people will sit down and they will do a scale drawing of their existing track plan that they've come up with you know, say the loop with a siding, we'll say, then they will do a scale drawing off of that. Okay. I'm going to add this. I'm going to do this for track. And they will have, some people will have it down piece by piece of what they need to go buy, whether they're buying easy track, uh, whether it's like Bachman or Cotto or what have you, or they're doing a uh, snap track, uh, or, uh, piece track, whatever you want to call it. It's basically the same as the, uh, um, easy track, but it doesn't have the road bed on it or they're doing flex track, what have you. And, and I'm not cutting down how, if you're doing, if you do it this way, other people on the flip side, and I'm kind of, I'm a mixture of both. And I'll explain here in a bit. Um, other people will just go by track and start putting it together and finding a track plan. They like what, what's the best way? Um, really the best way. Uh, and don't let anybody tell you this. I mean, because there's people out there who are going to tell you, well, if you don't draw a two plan and you don't do this, this, and this, then that, you know, it's not going to run. And you know what? If you're new to the hobby and if you're anything like me, just a normal guy and trying to enjoy his hobby, um, trial and error. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to do something that's going to like completely destroy, you know, 100, 200, whatever, $400 locomotive or, you know, between, you know, a $100 rail car or whatever. But, you know, as far as track, is, is this going to be, is this radius? Because I use flex track. Is this radius going to be too tight? Well, you know, there's only one way to find out. I mean, yeah, I could get my ruler out and do my radius and stuff like that. And, yeah, that's going to be um, a more uh, trusted process. But, you know, sometimes you don't want to have to set up all that. You just want to see trains run. You want to get your track down. You want it done right. But, you know, 
sometimes you just don't feel like going through the entire step by step from step one to step, you know, one, two, three, A, Z, B, you know, and you just want to do it. So both ways are right. Um, you know, do you, and here's the other thing, do you just go out and buy your track and say, you know, I'm going to buy, you know, X amount of pieces of straight X amount of pieces of curved or, you know, X amount of turnouts, or do you, you know, like we said, do you plan out what, um, what you're going to do as an example for me, I had a rough idea before I started my railroad. Um, yes, I did. Once I got my walls up, um, I did do some measuring, uh, and it, and it wasn't exactly down to like the 16th of an inch measuring, but I mean, I had like, you know, this section is, you know, seven foot, two inches wide or, you know, or I would round it down or up. So it was easier to get on a piece of graph paper. And I basically, yes, I plotted out my walls. I then started doing measuring and kind of determined, okay, what's my widest for benchwork? How wide of an aisle do I want? Um, you know, that kind of thing. So yes, I did do some planning, which I feel, you know, you should do. Um, it doesn't matter if you're doing an around the walls layout like mine, if you're doing just a little, uh, shelf layout, like what Benjamin does, or even if you're doing like one inch scale, like Eric does, you still need to have some sort of planning. So if you're new to this and you've already bought your train set and you know, you've got your loop of track and you've ran it around and round and round and whatever, and you, and you want to expand it. Okay. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're HO N scale, you know, Z scale. Oh, um, in fact, folks, I'm actually, thanks to Eric. Um, unfortunately I'm not looking into the one inch scale, but, uh, my eyes been gleaming for G scale, but I gotta, I gotta, I'll, I'll tackle that. It ain't happening this year, folks, but anyways, um, it doesn't matter what scale you know, you buy your first trains and that's probably my opinion, the best way to start if you've never been in the hobby or you're just getting started or you're, um, you know, you, you're, you're trying to help somebody else, whether it be a grandchild, a child or whatever, get into the hobby, start them out with that. Um, not only is it, uh, going to be easier for them and yes, you can expand from that, but think of, almost all the stories you hear of model railroaders. How did you get started in the hobby? What is it they say? Oh, I got a train set from grandpa or grandma or a mom or dad or uncle or whatever. You know, if you're going to, and it doesn't matter how old, you know, start out with, I would say if you're brand spanking new to the hobby, never done it before, you're interested, go buy a train set. You just have, the biggest thing is starting out, and this is part of planning, how much space do you have? But then from there, you figure, okay, I've got this much space. Like I said, I had my walls planned out. I'd figured out my aisles. I'd figured out um, more or less, and, and not 100% of it, but at least to get me started, um, how wide my bench work's gonna be in certain areas. Just like the, uh, the section that I, the bench work I just finished up, I hadn't, no clue what I was going to do. I had to figure out because where that track, or I should say bench work at this time is going, it goes right by my computer desk that I do this podcast and I do video stuff and 
you know, all the stuff for model railroad talk basically uh, centers right around this desk and this computer. And I don't have any other place to put it. I don't have another, I don't have enough space anywhere else. So I had to figure out a way to do that. And basically, you know, and, and an efficient, safe, uh, sturdy, uh, you know, and, and uh, without breaking the bank way of getting it done. So it took me some time to, yes, I, that I actually did more planning, just like I kind of planned, uh, the first batch of bench work. Um, I planning certain parts of it is okay. Now, if you're a person that just wings it, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, but like, go back to one of our first episodes. Um, I'm looking it up right now. We were talking about, um, and my first episode notes weren't the most or weren't the best, but I know I want to say it was like between episode one and eight, roughly. We were talking about bench work, bench work. You need good bench work. So plan that what you do with the track planning that if you want to plan that great. If you don't, don't anybody tell you, say you have to plan it, but Going back to what we were saying, we got off track there. Hey, this is, this is, I told you folks, this episode is just kind of, kind of be random, but, uh, sometimes we need those, don't we? Uh, especially after the week I had with, we had hundred degree temperature here in Davenport and where I worked down in Muscatine. Yeah. It's just been a, one of them weeks. So anyways, um, you do want to have good bench work folks. I don't care if you're just doing a little layout that you're going to maybe go down and run trains on it, you know, for 20 minutes a week. That's it. You, you want to have good bench work because you don't want anything falling off. But past that though, you have your, uh, train set. You've decided you want to add on, whether it be in the same amount of bench work, say you're doing, we'll go back to the standard four by eight sheet of plywood, uh, HO scale, you know, loop in a sense, you know, do you want to add, if you don't already have it, do you want to add a siding or some spurs or a rip track in the middle? Do you want it added on the outside? Do you want to, um, and instead of doing just the basic oval, why not do kind of a, a dog leg? And so that way, and, and, and which some of the track plans are that way. I know the world's greatest hobby track plan. It is actually, or it's, I want to say a dog leg. It's like a, a kidney bean kidney beans, uh, in a sense shape. So you don't really have any track that is parallel to any of your edges of your plywood. So it, 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 it gives you more of a realistic feel. So besides that, are you going to add your siding, your spurs, whatever are you going to add to the inside? Okay. Well, like the world's greatest track plan, you already got a couple, uh, spurs in there and there is a passing siding. You add on to the outside of it. Okay, well, if you do, obviously you're going to have to plan. Um, yeah, from your four by eight sheet, as an example, you're going to have to plan. Okay, am I going to add just a, uh, you know, a staging yard somewhere where you can have, say, trains made up two, three, how many ever tracks you want to do? And you run one train off, you know, grab the next locomotive or flip your locomotive around and hook it on the next one, take it and do it, you know, whatever. Um, or are you going to add on to it, um, say, another four by eight section, or maybe you're going to go buy a four by eight sheet of plywood, but you're going to 
cut it down into one foot wide sections and by eight foot and you're gonna say maybe make a loop around or whatever yeah that's all into you um that's your design that's what you need to figure out that's what's great about this hobby but or do you you know and then you buy your track okay well i'm just gonna piece this track here or there okay does that work for you great um don't let anybody tell you you have to plan every inch of the railroad there are books and books and books out there that you know you will have the best results you know they say you'll have the best results and i'm not cutting them down at all those that write those they obviously are doing something right because they have a book published that people you know uh how many model railroaders have bought their books not cutting them down but planning is not for everybody or i should say planning every step of the way is not for everybody just the same as winging it for almost for a, a lot of the steps of the way isn't for everybody you know it happens that's what's awesome about model railroading and the world's greatest hobby is you can do as much or as little as you want um and especially coming into the hobby and and not even brand new the hobby but for for somebody um you know let's say you like we've said in the past you did this when you were a kid you got to your teenage years and you know you had your typical uh high school you know girlfriend boyfriend thing going on you you did sports you were start you either went to college or you started your career right out of high school or college um you know life happens you're coming back to it now okay so depending on the length of time since you've been in it um can can determine to some degree how you get back into the hobby um as an example i did look into buying a couple boxed train sets like okay i'll buy them you know more or less looking for the locomotives i want but i started looking at the pricing of them and i'm like you know and i'm not saying everything about this hobby has to be about pricing but let's face it if you go into this hobby unless you have unlimited income you know you do have to have some sort of you got a budget like okay where do you want to put your funds more you know i mean obviously you need track in order to run your trains on um obviously you need some sort of power supply to run your trains and then you also need you know locomotive to be able to pull cars and you need cars for that locomotive you know that kind of thing but you need to that that also comes in as planning okay how am i going to get back into this hobby or how do i get into this hobby do you buy the starter set or do you just buy track find the locomotive the and i my recommendation if you're either getting back in the hobby or you're getting started in the hobby while the big locomotives are cool you know the big ac 4400s and bigger the sd 70 80 and 90 max um the new uh aces all them or even the big big steamers the challengers the uh big boys you know all that start with a smaller locomotive a jeep you know 30 to say jeep 40 or even an sd38 or sd40 start small with the locomotive if you're going to individually piece your either beginner set or getting back into it um start with just some 50 foot steel box cars or flat cars you know you don't and also don't go for the most expensive um locomotive i mean unless you have the funds 
I hate to see somebody getting into or getting back into the hobby spend a lot of extra money on, you know, that cool locomotive because that is the locomotive they see run through their town day in and day out and they want one. If that's your thing, fine. I'm not telling you not to, but get in, get your feet wet, you know, start getting used to how trains run on a model railroad, what to do, what not to do, do your research. Um, and going, going back to our review, the model railroaders handbook is a good way to, for you to be able to, uh, get some of that info. And I guess in a sense, realize what you're getting into. Um, not trying to scare you or nothing, but you know, so, you know, and reach out, talk to, talk to those join groups, whether you're on Facebook or whatever these, all of these other social medias, if there's groups, model railroad groups, ask questions. Of course, you're always going to have the smart aleck in the group and the, you're going to have the smart aleck. You're going to have the one that knows everything at minimum one of each, um, you know, and, and, you know, you got to look past those folks, you know, look at the people that truly care. I mean, I see things that are, people are doing, and I, I know they're new, new to the hobby and, you know, but I'm one of those that I'm going to say, Hey, that looks, you know, as an example, that looks great. I think you did a great job. Can I give you one suggestion? You know, and then they'll usually they're, they're open, you know, say, yeah, I, I noticed this and, um, you know, not saying you did it wrong, but try, you know, this is the way I do it. And here's my results. And, you know, Look for people that are more like that if you're new to the hobby. If you've been in the hobby and you want to help people and say you're not necessarily that kind of person that, you know, can give a positive and, and, and be constructive with, I don't even want to call it like calling it criticism, but you know what I mean. Try doing that. Try being more open and nice about things. We need to keep this hobby alive. Not saying it's dying, but, you know. Remember that model railroad revolution? Let's let's keep this going. Let's 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 open it up for people. Let's make people recognize it more. So when we come back from break, um, I'm not sure what else we're going to talk about. We're going to skip on. Um, I'm sure you're probably tired of listening about getting back into the hobby. Hey, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I I will look at my list here. Um, and. Uh, we will go from there. So we'll catch you here after the break. Join the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter. By becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash model railroad talk to become a premium member today. And just like that, the magic of technology, we are back after our break. Um, yeah, so I had a nice break. How did you? You know, did you enjoy it? Yeah, me too. Anyways, so um, I'm in a weird mood today, folks. Um, 
even though I had to work Saturday, this was my weekend to work. Work went well on a Saturday, which is, I want to say rare, but it's not as common as normal. Um, I got my bench work done for, or I got more of my bench work done for my railroad. And I got, cause I, I, I got another section figured out. I'm excited about that. And in fact, when I'm done with this podcast, recording this and getting it all ready and, and getting it set up for our Patreon members, um, so, and getting it uploaded there for them so they can listen to it right away. Um, I'm going to work on my bench work to this and probably have at least uh, some roadbed laid today. So, well, at least what I have left, I'm thinking until I, cause I got to order some more. So uh, I got to order more of that, more track and all that good stuff. So anyways, the second half, I'm actually going to be talking about that. Um, I'm going to do my best to explain to you guys. Um, you will be able to go to our YouTube page. Um, well, by the time you hear this episode, go to our YouTube page. Um, there is a video up for that of us using these shelf brackets. And I, yes, I got these off Amazon. I use Amazon a lot, folks. Like I said, even for you know, with the hobby, I'm not going to get into this hobby shop, that hobby shop kind of thing. You know, Amazon, I feel is a good reference point. You even if you don't like Amazon, you can at least go there, look up what I'm talking about, or I prefer you go to our YouTube page and subscribe. Hint, hint. <laughs> but you can, you know, you can look up like what the brackets are and then go to your, you know, other, your favorite store and, and purchase them. That's fine. But so that's where I'm at. I, so I have up to this point, my, while my railroad is an around the walls railroad, I still have your typical butt connected ends uh, framework. So basically I'm building a frame with cross members in it, set the plywood on top. Uh, I, I, uh, basically screw that into the studs on the wall on the backside. And then I have legs on the front that I've actually, instead of having the legs, which a lot of people do, they put them right out towards the edge. Mine are actually set back a little bit. So that way, when you're standing there, you're not kicking them with your feet. So something to think about folks, if you are in the process or getting ready to build your bench work instead of, I, I know most people that just the natural thing is to put them to the outside edge because you want the most stability, but Think about it. You're going to be standing there at the edge of your railroad. Do you really want to kick an, a leg when you got a train rolling by and derail everything? So think about it. Maybe, you know, maybe just set them back six inches, six to eight inches from the edge. It will make a difference. So a little tip for you. So anyways, getting back to, I added on the bench work. The problem is where my, at least my lower level. Now this is, we're talking about my lower level, my upper level. I have somewhat of a plan, but I need to get my lower level figured out before I worry about the upper level folks. So, um, but yeah, I'm, my biggest thing is I, I come around the corner from my yard and it bends around and I got room there. The problem is, uh, it bends around and the wall that it bends around on it goes right behind my com computer monitors and my computer. I run a dual monitor system um, for several reasons. And uh, 
I don't have any other place to put this. Um, it is, you know, my computer setup, uh, there's just no room anywhere else. So I already know that's where I planned the upper level, even with framing, even if I do the, like say the two by three framing, which I'm probably not going to do, I have a different way I'm actually thinking about doing it. Um, but even with, if, even if I wanted to do two by four framing, I can still do that for the upper level and my computer, or I should say monitors and stuff just fit underneath it. And the way that'll be designed, I'm not going to have anything over my head. I may have something over top of my monitors a little bit, but my upper level is only going to be, you know, like the bottom level, my main bottom level is two, two foot wide, 24 inches wide. I think it is. Um, the upper level is at max going to be just 16 inches wide. I'm thinking leaning more towards 14, maybe 16 or 18 in like where the yard, uh, the second yard is going to be. But other than that, it's going to be narrower. So I'm not going to need real heavy duty framework to hold that up. I'm still going to need some framework. Um, I'm probably going to just do like two by two um, to give the plywood um, or I may even do foam up there. I don't know. It kind of depends on how much building materials are at that time. I mean, but anyways, um, so anyways, getting back to, I come around the corner there and I'm like, all right, I got to go behind these monitors. So first thing I needed to do and that I did was I established how wide I wanted my tracks apart from each other and how, like behind there, cause I'm not going to have any industries. Yes. Eventually behind there. Uh, it will be scenic for lack of a better term. Basically it's going to be uh green ground foam with ballast on it just because yeah, you'll be able to see it and there'll be a backdrop there too, but it's going to be pretty plain. There's really not going to be any operations. There can't be any operations behind my monitor because well, let's face it, my computer desk and monitor in front of it. So, but I want it to be, so if somebody happens to see it, they're going to, uh, see it but there's still access so i had determined that for my and i'm going to the same width that i did and uh that i did with um my yard tracks okay so they are if i remember right i want to say they're either like two and a quarter or two and a half inch on center apart from each other which gives me an overall of from outside and i'm talking with my roadbed now mind you i'm using woodland scenics foam roadbed for ho scale from the outside edge um, of one track to the outside edge of the other track, you know, the most opposite edge, you know, getting the two tracks in there, I am four and a half inches wide. And that is perfect. That gives me enough room. Um, so for my yard to back up here, my yard, I was going to go closer. If I would have stacked them um, a little closer, which I could have, I could have put one more track in there. However, since it is in a sense going to be a working yard, fiddle yard, whatever you want to call it right now until I determine, figure out hidden staging or what have you, um, I wanted to have enough room to where I can reach in and, and you know, if I need to re-rail a car or I need to set a car on the track, I didn't want to be bumping other cars and knocking them over and stuff. So I, but through the process of doing, you know, moving cars and that kind of thing on that, I determined, you know, uh, going back to now, I'm like, you know, I determined back then that's a good for me and that there again, it's my railroad, but for me, that's a good distance for the tracks. So 
I did my measurements again. You know, I measured, I can't even tell you how many times, wrote it down how many times and still lost the paper and forgot. But finally, this last time when I actually cut my uh, plywood, yes. Yeah, it was yesterday I did this actually. Um, so by the time you hear this, um, it had been two weeks ago. So I, uh, I, I, I go and I had a piece of, it was quarter inch uh, plywood. But I knew I was, if I had enough, I was going to double it up, which would give me the half inch. So I measured it and I had, I want to say it was like 11 and a half inches wide. And I'm like, all right, so I know I have enough. I go over, measure my tracks again. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go five inches wide. So I moved my computer. I knew I'd have to move it out a little bit, my desk out a little bit. So I did a whole bunch of measuring and measured and remeasured and and looked and adjusted. And, and basically I came up with the plywood that this these two tracks are going on is going to be uh five inches wide um that gives me uh well i guess the main reason i end up going five inches wide folks is um so i have the two tracks that are to the two main lines that are coming out uh basically coming on to the new section i want those to, i want basically my main line two to cross back over into main line one is at the far end of the yard uh, my main line one splits off into <clears throat> the second main line and, you know, from the main line one. So that way, if there's a train held up, another passing train can get by. Well, I got to thinking about it and for continuous operations for display purposes, I wanted to be able to take main line two back to one. The area, the corner I'm doing it in, there's just not enough room. There is, if I wanted to get into curve turnouts which i have no problems with other than the fact that they're like really expensive um i don't feel like spending 60 bucks or roughly 60 bucks for one turnout so i basically i determined once i come around that corner onto this uh five inch or this this shelf bracketed layout or, or section of the layout i was going to have it cross back over um, I'm putting a crossover in there, but it's still gonna be two main lines back there. So that's why I went with the five inches. Why? Because it gives me just enough room for my switches to be in there. I can get a decent crossover and, um, and I still have enough room back there that I can, uh, you know, scenic the, the little bit of plywood top that's going to be seen. I can put some ballast down and there again, going back to if somebody's here operating, they happen to look down there um, and it'll be lit up too. Once I get my uh, second level, the whole bottom level will be lit up. I don't care if it's behind the computer or not because um, that's just one of my standards. But, um, but yeah, so I went through and determined all that. I measured and everything. And this kind of leads back to the beginning of planning or not planning. You know, some of mine is not planned, but some of it is. I'm a bit of both. But uh, before all that, though, I did the measurements. Okay, I knew at minimum I was going to go four and a, uh, four and a half inches wide. Okay, that's what I was going to need for um, to uh, of plywood or what have you to lay my track on. So I started immediately. Okay, well, how am I going to support that? I don't really want to go by two by fours, and you know, and and yeah, I can, you know, the long pieces are fine, but you get into the cross bracing and all that stuff. You're talking small pieces, and if you don't get the right uh, two by four, if it's too dry, it's going to start splitting when you're putting screws in and, or even if you pre-drill, you still take, yeah, it's a pain. So 
after talking with Benjamin um, on the first episode he was on, talking about how he had the shelf brackets, I went and looked on there. I'm like, you know, I listened to hit that episode again, actually, and then I started looking at some of the pictures he sent me of his railroad. And I've seen this before. And in fact, one of my books I have, it's put out by Kambach, is uh, building, uh, I don't remember what the exact title is. It's basically building multi-level railroads. And they talk about on their metal brackets. And, I, and I'm thinking, you know, the typical, it looks like a triangle shelf bracket. And, you know, that would work. But that's not really what I want for my railroad um, for the second level, because, you know, if it's something like a shelf layout, like if you ever get a chance, look at our, our, our Facebook page or go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com and sign up for it's free, totally free. Um, sign up for our groups and um, sign up for an account and you get into our groups and our uh, forum page. And uh, uh, Benjamin's put some pictures on there as well of his row. And I started looking at those and it's like his, it works perfect for using those simple brackets. He's not really at this point planning on putting anything under the railroad. You know, it works great for him, but for me, I just don't want that angled bracket because I'm going to need a backdrop back for my first level. Well, so that got me looking at brackets and stuff like that. Well, then going back to now where, okay, I need to put this narrow shelf up on the wall without doing I guess minimal framework and, and I'm not saying that to be cheap, but minimal framework because I really don't have the extra space to heavy duty framework, if you will. So I went on to Amazon, found these, uh, brackets, they're metal brackets. They're four inches, like from the wall, they stand out four inches and, and the end plate that screws into the wall, it's more or less like a two by four. So basically inch and a half by three and a half inches four screws and you know, and there, and there's no, it's welded and it's a thick metal. Um, and for model railroads, it's going to hold perfectly fine. So I got those up and, uh, yeah, so far so good. I got it up. I got it leveled. Um, so yeah, you know, that's the thing, I guess, kind of what I was getting into or get the point I was getting at in the first part of this episode was, you don't have to plan every step of the way, folks. Um, I know some people getting into the hobby, you know, it can be seem daunting, like, well, there's so much to learn and this and that. Well, yes, I mean, technically speaking, there is always something to learn, even in life, folks. But you can make this hobby as simple or as, as complicated as you want. Um, I firmly believe some people do make it more complicated then they, they should for certain people, but other people, they make it more complicated and it's perfect for them. So you have to figure out your, your, what's best for you. Um, you know, going back to the track plan, I had a rough idea what I want to do with this expansion I'm getting ready to work on. I now know what I'm going to do, but I'm one of those. I took, you know, just one inch wide painters, blue, that blue painters tape, laid out track pieces, use that to kind of hold it in place while I figured out where my turnouts are going to go. Where's my, uh, main lot, both main line one and two going, where's my rip track going to go? Um, cause I'm putting a rip track in on that corner. And then once I did that, I just took a Sharpie, drew on the outside of each rail and 
guess what? I know where my track's going. That's what I'm getting at coming into the hobby. There's so many people that push, oh, you got to do this, or you got to follow a track plan. If you don't, you're not going to have a successful railroad. And, I, and I've seen it being said like that. And I've even seen it, or I want to say seen it, but actually kind of sort of felt that in articles in magazines or online. You know, folks, it, that's, I think, a small part, part of the issue with people not wanting to get into this hobby is they see those comments and they understand and comprehend those comments or those feelings or what have you. And that's what hurts it. The hobby is, you know, people are like, I don't have time for that or I don't want to deal with that. If you're listening to this podcast and you are new to the hobby, I'm here to tell you um, it's not like that. Don't let somebody, just because you see a few negatives, reach out. I mean, reach out to us. Yeah, I mean, reach out to us at modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com. We're not going to be that way here. And I like to say and feel that most of our listeners, if not all of our listeners and our, our, our premium supporters, are here to help each other. Whether your brand's making new or you're, you know, so far from brand new in the hobby that, you know, you were there the day, you know, they created the, the railroad track, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, we're here to help each other and build each other up and work forward from there and continually tr uh, talk about the hobby. That's where the model railroad revolution comes in. Let's jump on that. Let's talk. Like we said in the beginning, let's, let's talk to at least one person every week or every couple weeks about this great hobby. So anyways, that was my little bit of a railroad update. Um, before we jump into the review, um, remember, um, go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. Um, we've got, uh, we're trying to build up resources on there. Um, that's why we started the, it's free, totally free. You, yes, you do have to sign up. That's how we kind of keep, we're, we're trying to, I could have made it a free open uh, forum and groups section. But there again, I got to try to keep the spam out. That's the last thing you guys want. Um, sign up is easy. We don't we don't um, we don't bombard your email once every month or two. We might send out a quote unquote new, uh, newsletter, um, but it's a free forum. Yes, it's a newer forum. It's a basic forum. Um, and let's face it, I, I don't have enough time to go beyond what like uh, you know I use Wix. You know, it's a free, I mean, yeah, I pay for the web address and I just route it to that. Um, but I don't have time to go on there. At, you know, let's, you know, but I have no problems upgrading if there's a way to upgrade it and make it better for you guys. So um, go on, sign up. Um, we won't get, we won't sell your information or nothing. It's free. Um, go ahead and enjoy that. Um, our Facebook page. Uh, we have a Facebook page that's there for people. It's not only for us to post what we're doing with our Iowa Eastern Railroad or what members sent us. I mean, we want to hear from you. Um, what, what's your railroad? What, what, what are you doing with your railroad? Uh, whether you want to send us pictures, you just want to send a story, send it to us. Uh, we'll be glad to share it. Um, look us up on TikTok. We're sitting about 800 and without looking it up, we're about 838 roughly uh, people, uh, followers. We need to hit a thousand. We'll go live there. Um, my biggest thing I'm pushing for right now is, uh, if you're on YouTube, um, please go and look us up and at minimum subscribe. Um, we're trying to hit that 50 mark so we can go live, not only for, 
Um, our premium members, they'll have their own special content on there. Um, but also for you, um, you know, just regular listeners, everyday listeners, you know, we're trying to build that up as well. So um, reach out to us, uh, modelroadtalk at gmail.com, or you can call us uh, and leave a message or to send us a text message uh, to 563-293-6530. That's 563-293-6530. Like I said, we won't answer it. You, you'll leave a voicemail or you can send us a text message as well. Um, let us know what you think. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that. So, um, moving on, uh, the model railroaders handbook, um, by model railroader magazine. It's published by Kambach publishing media, whatever they call it. It's written by Jerry Leone. Hopefully I said his last name correctly. Um, it came, it was actually published in 20 this year, 2023. Now this I purchased with my own personal funds. Cause I knew I was going to use it for my railroad. Um, well, I, I was hoping let's put it this way. I was hoping I was going to use it for my railroad. I've seen it several times advertised on Kambach when I've been on the trains.com website, looking at videos and stuff. Cause I have the membership there and several times have I, I went and read it, read the read what little bit the info they give you on it. And that's kind of what sprung me to do a uh, review on this. They don't give you a lot of info on this on Combox. And even if you can find it outside of uh, their website, outside of their website, they use the same info that Combox puts out on their website, which it doesn't give you a lot. Um, and I kind of understand why, because they don't want to give away everything. They want you to buy it. But I'm telling you folks, if you're new to the hobby, um, newer or just coming back to the hobby or you've been in the hobby a long time this is as it says is an awesome um handbook um it gives you facts and basically what it says the model railroaders handbook on the front the facts and figures you need all in one place and let me tell you i was a little skeptical buying it and that's why it ended up in my cart and deleted from my combat cart several times over the last I don't know, a few months. Finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to break down and buy it. Um, list price, $24.99. So it's not bad. The size, physical size of the book, it's about, oh, if I had to compare it to like their normal size books, you know, like their their model railroading books, it's, a, it's probably a third to uh, roughly a third, a little over half, but probably a little less than a third smaller in physical size um than those but i'm telling you folks it goes it gives you so much information um if you're new to the hobby it you know you hear us talk about different bench work and stuff like that this goes through bench work styles um and i'm not going to go through everything in here but you know adhesives the different kinds of adhesives that's used in model railroading um the different kinds of rulers bench work um you know, uh, then it, uh, it goes into, it has a lot of, uh, references. It explains how, uh, helixes are, are used, the NMRA gauge. Then it goes into, uh, you know, they have a whole bunch of measurements and stuff, but then it goes through, it's got a prototype section that, uh, goes through and talks about pretty much everything about prototype. So if you're modeling the prototype, it's great. But even if you're freelancing, it gives you something to reference like on your railroad. Well, what does the real railroad do? 
it's got a ton of information on the prototype um trucks bearing uh, wheels that kind of thing um then it's got uh all sorts of different track um references and 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 guidance and how to's and um and not just like from a one uh one direction i guess aspect it gives you several different aspects on the i want to say how to's but the guidance it gives you different for the most part gives you different um different ways of doing kind of the same thing just there's different ways to go about it you know um then it goes into uh you know electrical um dcc um how to do different things both both dcc and regular dc um you know scenery i mean it talks about natural and 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 man-made stuff that you can buy from say like woodland scenics um airbrushing paint um and then there's a you know a glossary at the back it goes through you know how to weather locomotives cars that kind of i mean this book is let me look here i'm going to the back page including the index it's 287 pages they're all full color um the book is a very sturdy book um like i said folks i purchased this on my own um with no guidance from anybody model railroader or combat didn't reach out to me at all for any reason um i it's this book i am that impressed i'm talking to you guys about it um i highly recommend it if you are new like we said or you're getting back into the hobby or you've been in the hobby um this since it just came out i'm one of those you know how many books do you really need but this is a definitely i think a good book for you know the modeler that's been in a while and what looking to advance or even you're new to the hobby like we said you know i mean it gives you a lot of stuff that even help you set up a basic four by eight or two foot by four foot whatever scale you're doing um it'll help you with that so um if you do end up purchasing that and they give you a review or ask you you know whatever tell me you heard it from model railroad talk we don't get anything for that and and that's just like evan designs in our last episode we don't get anything from them um and nor do we want anything from them as far as you know us promoting them but let them know where you heard it from model railroad talk because that helps them i guess kind of like you guys showing your support and uh the this podcast growing because of you listeners um it gives me the strive to keep doing and trying to give you guys more and more and more and better that's the same with these uh companies let them know where they're hearing it from so they know that they're doing the right thing and maybe that will help them better their products and come out with more new products so reach out to us modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com go to our website www.modelrailroadtalk.com you can find us on facebook um youtube tiktok um if you are interested in possibly supporting our podcast um in the description below each one of these episodes that you're listening to there is a link to spotify you can help us support there or you can go over to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash model railroad talk and you can become a premium supporter over there um when you become a premium supporter you get access to 
extra things like once this episode is done within an hour or two, this will be uploaded onto our Patreon for our uh, premium Patreon members to where they can listen to the, the audio almost immediately. Um, they also have the, uh, like right now we are shooting live. Um, we have a private uh, Facebook group that our premium supporters are in. And actually, as I'm recording this, I am live. So they can, you can actually listen to the episode as we record it. Um, mind you, you, there's a little more to it, but, um, than what you hear right here. Um, we have a couple different levels on there and, um, you know, right now we've got stickers. We are looking at, uh, getting t-shirts made. Uh, so yeah, it, this is expanding. We are looking into expanding our video side of things and, and I'm not saying we're looking at, but we are, but I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you. Thank my supporters, um, both regular supporters and premium supporters. If it wasn't for you guys, I don't know that we would have made it to episode 21. So, um, thank you for listening and joining the model railroad revolution for listening today. And until next time, be safe and keep your train on the tracks.